No, caray. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. They straighten in the new market and striking the leaders, Langro. Langro hits the front, Dr. Zeus is out and after it. They were followed by Dream I Can, Simply Splashing, Bullion Wolf, Love Express, and Last Chance. It's Dr. Zeus in front. The favourite hits the front of the new market. It's Dr. Zeus in front. Langro tries hard, then Last Chance sneaking up, defence with Bullion Wolf. But the favourite's home, and the new market's off the Sunshine Coast. Dr. Zeus first beats Langro. Tight for third. I think Bullion Wolf at any old odds on the outside with Last Chance. Next was Simply Splashing and I Catcher. They were followed by Dream. Cairns Newmarket on Saturday going to Dr Zeus for Nathan Day and Daryl Hanson as we welcome you to another week here on Bushbeat on Radio Tab rounding up all of the country news and lots of news to talk about on the show today. We'll tell you all about Carino's win in the Dingo Cup. We'll uh, also catch up with all the news on the Ben Bolt Cup at Bowen for Striker Bow, Nari Nelson, Bonnie Thompson combining there. The Gimpy Muster Cup on the weekend went to Crockett for Jake Malloy and the Simpson-Urand training combination. It was a uh, double on the day for Jake Malloy, and it was the last leg of the Star of the Sand Cup series. We've got news coming out of Mount Isa, plus all of the action that happened at Roma on Saturday, and hasn't that uh, one particular race that wasn't exactly a feature, the Hornick Transport Benchmark 55, but lots of people have heard about uh, what happened in that race. Lots of news to get through on the show today, and as always, helping us out with that news is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Another brisk morning out here in Longreach after a humid day yesterday and a shower came through and now we're back to the chilly weather of August and the winds are blowing, Tony. Yes, but... it's a little bit of a, a nip of winter just to remind you what winter was all about. And I think that might have been why I was having trouble phone connections. Everything uh, was going askew if there for a moment, but we're up and ready to roll and great to hear that call from Peter Rowe and... Uh, Great, uh, a great achievement, Peter, to be calling the new market up there at Cairns as part of that provincial circuit. And uh, good on you, Bluey Foresight, letting Peter step into the uh, microphones there. And great call with Dr. Zeus, as he said, going home to the Sunshine Coast. The winner, Daryl Hansen, trained. Nathan Day ridden, the six-year-old by Zoo Star. And had come off really good form, Tony, hadn't it? Third in the Lightning back in June in, at Eagle Farm and second in the Cleveland Bay and obviously went out favourite. But an exciting race. And uh, it was a good day out for the uh, row team as such because Dad Trevor also took a double on the day and uh, one of them was with Brian Wiggins with... Uh, no, wrong horse, sorry. I'll look at the right form here. Salesman for Kristen Swaffer. And there was another one earlier in the day, yes, with Lacey Morrison, uh, Rustic Rocker, taking the cutest money. But there was a couple of other doubles on that day as well, Tony, uh, up there at Cairns. It was uh, Nathan Day with a riding double, as you said, Ryan Wiggins and Trevor Rowe who are with doubles as well. Steve Massingham with a treble on the day. Mm. And uh, not forgetting the Bell of the Daintree was the other feature race there. Let's go, Bobby, saluting for Carl Spry and Georgie Holt. And, of course, now, Rob, it all counts down to the big day coming up this Saturday. Uh, once upon a time, Cairns Jockey Club used to run their uh, their carnival as a uh, double header. I think it was the Saturday, Sunday, and it was Saturday Ladies' Day for the new market. Yep. Sunday was Cup Day. Now they split it into two weeks so that everyone can get out there and enjoy the wonderful weather. And uh, this uh, coming Saturday, it's the uh, the Cairns Cup, the Daintree Guineas, and the Cairns Lightning. And it's the amateurs, I think, Tony, that go Friday, Saturday, don't that's they? That's right. Yeah, that's coming up uh, early September. And uh, counting down there as well as uh, lots of talk about the Cairns Amateurs this year after missing out last year. I'm looking forward to getting back up there. And I know a lot of people are as well, uh, especially those that may have had to endure lockdowns and can actually manage to travel. Uh, they're certainly looking forward to being able to travel up to Cairns come September. And that uh, weekend coming up this weekend, of course, with the Cairns Cup 
uh, wraps up that provincial circuit of cups racing. But then, of course, we start to veer a little bit inland and we get some of the big cup races uh, in places like the Central West as well. So the cups continue to floweth over uh, as we look forward to that Cairns Cup on Saturday. Yeah, we've lost the Rivers Series, of course, this year, unfortunately, uh, the uh, Batuta Baduri Birdsville circuit. But there's still plenty of other big race meetings coming up over the uh, the coming couple of weeks. And I was having a look at the calendar uh, before, Rob, along with the uh, Cairns Amateurs on the 10th and 11th of September. Uh, the week before, it's Mariba Cup Day on September 4th, Surat Cup Day the same day. Thangul Cup Day and the Morvan Cup will both be run on the 11th of September. And this weekend, uh, Cup Day at uh, Warra, it's the Wombo Cup, it's Camberwheel Cup Day and Bluff Cup Day as well this weekend. Definitely spring in the air, Tony, uh, as we approach that month of September and count down to one of those big days, I do believe, at the, in November coming up as well. Um, but, Tony, as you mentioned in the preliminary there, what a huge amount of interest uh, was held in a particular race at Roma on the weekend. And uh, it came up in uh, race number three, the Benchmark 55 Handicap. And obviously people have seen the vision of this particular situation where uh, a young jockey involved uh, in the race in race three in Louise Barr. I've got the right name there. Lily Barr. Um, uh, Lily Bar, my apologies. Lily started off her career with the uh, first ride in a race at Bow Desert, uh, getting the win. And the actions of Johnny Rudd have uh, have proved sensational in the sense that Johnny has basically helped Lily escape from falling during the race. Um, and after passing the winning post, Lily had not become dismounted, but she'd gone off the side of the horse. And uh, John Rudd, quick with his action, quick with his thinking as always, has moved up around the outside, been able to lean over, grab her, pull her back into the saddle. And, of course, that denied either horse their chance of winning. But I'm sure Johnny Rudd continually looks after his jockeys uh, out there on the track, and the safety is so vital uh, in all forms of racing, particularly, Tony, on the weekend where there were at least three serious falls um, took place with jockeys in Sydney. And I think Rachel Shred had a fall uh, in, it may have been Cairns. But, uh, look... It's such an exciting story that's uh, attracted the media attention. Uh, none better than to speak to the man himself this morning. And uh, we've got John Rudd on the line here this morning on Bushbeat. Good morning to you, Ruddy. Good morning, Ruddy. How you going? Yeah, good, thank you. Just take us through the whole sequence of events there. Obviously, we're talking about it. We don't see the vision, but you were there live, and it must have happened in a flash uh, what uh, you achieved doing there. Just take us through the sequence leading up and, and your reaction to that. Uh, yeah, it did happen real quick, mate. Uh, yeah, I, 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 what I can remember, yeah, just as we come around that first turn there, the horse had come over to me and looked at me the same as what everyone else is. I didn't see a rider on until we've cried and I've just seen it hanging on the side and after that I can't really remember what happened much. How do you achieve that, John? Because your balance, obviously, you know, you, you, you've got the, the, the feet and the stirrups. There's not much room uh, for error there. Uh, your strength, your balance must have been spot on at that moment to just reach over and grab her. And Was it just enough to get her up in the air and she could rebalance herself? Yeah, well, I think it was just enough to get her up on the saddle, yeah, and get her balance back up again. Yeah, a split second, it was, she was all over. 
a lot of people have been likening it, John, to uh, the rodeo cowboys where you see the pickup riders going out there to try and rescue jo- the, uh, can I say jockeys, the, uh, the cowboys that are coming off the side of the Bronx or something like that. And it was almost that sort of style where you're in the, uh, the Craig Smith green and white coming up the outside. Lily's hanging in the white colours down on the running rail side. Uh, for those that haven't uh, caught the uh, the vision, and there's plenty of it going out there. I know it was even on ABC News last night. Uh, but it was just amazing to be able to, to see that you had that presence of mind to be able to grab her. And I guess for a, a young rider like Lily, uh, I was talking to Craig Smith yesterday, and uh, he was saying to me that uh, yeah, the first thing you did when you got back to the enclosure was apologise for not giving Adiaf much of a chance. But at the same time, for a young rider like Lily, that would have been incredibly scary. Well, I, it would have been real scary for her because what I've seen on the footage, she had plenty of time to think about what was going to happen. She hung on for a long time. So good skills on her part as well. But, John, I reckon it might have been the advice you gave her when she came back. I, I think, basically, she thanked you for, for saving her. What was the sort of advice you give a young jockey like that in a scary situation after coming through it? Oh, I, I don't think there's any advice you can give them. It's just, yeah. Uh, She'd done a real good job, and I think that's about all she could have done. Yeah, so it's just a luck of a draw, I think. And how does she focus then on the rest of the day? Well, that, the thing she'd have to... Well, she went on the go, so she's done a real good job with herself. So she obviously put it out of her mind and just kept riding, and that's about all she can do, I think. Because yeah, it certainly was going to look scary at one point. And I think even Michael Chappelle made sure he was trying to get around the outside to help sort of corral the horse back in towards the rail to give a little bit of uh, safety while your actions were taking place. Yeah, they said he'd come up and I'm, I didn't see him, but yeah, they reckon he'd come up and help her and they had to find her. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you've ridden on, on so many country tracks, and I've got to say, Tony, wherever I go in the Central West particularly, there's one guy that's there. He, he beats me there virtually, Johnny Rudd. <laughs> He's there early. He's ready to go. Um John, you've seen so many different country tracks. Just how important in your mind is it for young young apprentices like um, Lily to be coming out and getting this experience on the country tracks with you senior guys? Yeah, I reckon it, I reckon it'd be a real good idea if they come out to the bush for a while. It's a lot different to the cities and on different surfaces on tracks. It's not just all grass tracks. You get dust and rocks and everything else on tracks. So I reckon it'd be really Good for them to come out, keep coming out for a while. So and the, the, the stewards' report, I noticed, just to quickly uh, indicate that prompt reply was a horse involved, began awkwardly, shifted in, passing the winning post on the first occasion, was placed in restricted room, blundered when Wamwara Bay shifted in marginally and my Taranaki shifted out marginally, resulting in its rider, Apprentice L. Bar, becoming very unbalanced and almost being dislodged. After viewing the patrol footage and taking evidence from all parties, stewards could not be satisfied that any one rider was culpable under the rules and deemed the matter a racing incident. Were you seeing that unfold as it was going down the home straight? It was all just happening too quickly. We did have him there, but I think he's gone. We've just lost him. Are you there, John? No, I think we've lost him, Rob. Let's have a listen back. I know that uh, folks can't hear the uh, the actual, can't see the vision when we're talking about it on radio, but this is how Peter Flynn described the start of that race on Saturday. Seeing prompt reply came out well. Out wide, Odessa showing some speed. Take a shine, booting up towards the lead. 
also showing pace as Maximum Hustle and It's All K. Mike Taranaki over on the inside of Wamwara Bay. We've got a riderless horse there. It's prompt reply, young Lily Barr hanging on there. And a good effort by um, <coughs> jockey of Aniaf has pulled young Lily Barr back into the saddle. So great effort there by the uh, jockey of Aniaf. We'll go back to that, but we'll go back to the race. I've never seen that before in 49 years of race calling. Quite amazing, Rob, as uh, Flinney said there. He's never seen that in 49 years of race calling. I don't think too many of us have, and that's why it's probably gone viral. We have lost the line there with John. The line was a little bit dodgy, so it was great to be able to grab him while we could mm. to have a chat about that race on the weekend. But it's just amazing. Uh, I know it's, as we say, folks, it's a, a very much a, a buzzword to say it's gone viral, but it has had plenty of... Uh, coverage uh, since it happened on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you can catch the replay, of course, through the uh, on the bid uh, non-tab replays through the Racing Queensland website, but just do a, uh, a quick Google search on uh, Roma Jockey or John Rod, John Rudd Rescues Lily Barr. Uh, it's on the ABC website, uh, punters.com.au, racenet.com. Uh, plenty of people have uh, caught up on the heroics there of uh, Johnny Rudd there on the weekend at Roma. Yeah, and I'm sure John's the sort of bloke, he won't see himself as the hero. It's just looking out for one another out there on the uh, track. And Tony, hasn't Roma thrown up a couple of these incidents? Remember Brooke Richardson mm -hmm. last year with the horse uh, running off the track almost into the outside rail. She was able to bring it back around the heels and still go on and win the race. <laughs> and, and, and good on you, Peter Flynn. You're able to pick that up straight away, see it, and give that description uh, to all listeners and viewers on the weekend. Scary situation, and I'm quite sure, as, as John Johnny pointed out, uh, uh, Lily is, is really going to uh, benefit, I suppose, from that experience. One of those learning curves uh, that the young jockeys go through. Scary at the time, but uh, Johnny Rudd on the hand uh, to uh, pull her back in the saddle and just re retrieve it. what could have been a very dangerous situation. So, uh, sorry, we couldn't finish talking to John there, Tony, but uh, it was great to get him on and uh, give credit where credit's due for such an amazing effort. Just I did want to actually mention... Uh, or talk to him about something. He wasn't in the last two races, but boy, oh boy, there's two horses on this program. We need to keep following. One's uh, the Craig Smith winner called Hocked and ridden by Zach Spree, and this was part of the double for Craig and Zach. This Hocked, he's by unencumbered. He's won his last four in Roma, five wins from nine, defeated the stablemate Little Rodge that uh, tried to lead all the way in Mamaris, but he was super impressive, and you would certainly think that Roma cups down the track, uh, a weight hocked. He's one to watch. And the other one is VJ Day for Pat Webster and Gary Gear in the war front. It's uh, now had four wins and two minor placings out of six at the track and has won its last five starts. Carried the 62 and absolutely blitzed the field, defeating all ease in Hanover Square. That was a previous Battle of the Bush winner. This VJ Day is taking all before him. And I notice on their social media sites that the Stampede is certainly in the targets for VJ Day. So that form is really continuing on uh, through the Roma meeting. And I did mention Craig and Zach had the double. They'd take a shine, take out the benchmark 55, which was the race that Atiav uh, was in, that we were talking to John Rudd, defeating It's All okay K and the Croc. And uh, the other two winners on the day, Matty Crop combined with Isabella Rabjohns with Zalazar, the deep field, came off a Warwick third at its last run, but it was first up in two months, defeated Tourmaster and at the helm. And here we go with the patience again that owners and trainers show. Look at the winner, the maiden plate. Great brave for Wayne Baker and Joanna McGrath. First win in uh, 32 starts at start number 32 with 12 minor placings. 
And at the track, it's had a win and four minor placings from eight. So congratulations, Wayne and Joanna, getting great brave up over a vision and I'm no saint. But certainly all the media and social media attention focused on that race three at Roma and uh, the great actions there of Johnny Rudden, as I said earlier, Tony. You couldn't, couldn't meet a, a nicer bloke and a friendlier bloke on the circuit. And he's certainly on, he keeps a lookout for all his fellow jockeys. Been a busy time for the Roma Turf Club, Rob. Uh, not only with their meeting there on the weekend and the highlights there, as we've mentioned, with uh, Hocked and VJ Day winning those couple of features, putting some, uh, stringing together some back to back wins. Talking with uh, Peter Flynn yesterday, and he was telling me that uh, through the Roma Turf Club Winter Carnival, when they had their four meetings through the winter, they boosted the prize money up to something like 260000 I think that uh, Peter said was distributed across those four meetings. Hocked and VJ Day. Each won two races through those four programs and have really become shining stars in the uh, the Downs and Southwest region there. And the other big news that came out of Saturday's program, uh, past president Ranald Ferrier was awarded life membership of the Roma Turf Club on the weekend, something they wanted to do uh, earlier in the year or last year, I think it might have been, but COVID pre uh, prevented that and restricted it. So they were finally able to... Uh, Achieve that uh, honour for Ranald. Uh, the Ferrier name has been associated with uh, racing around the uh, the Roma district for, for many, many years. And uh, it was wonderful to see that uh, honour bestowed upon Ranald on the weekend. Yeah, congratulations to the club on that prize money boost and also to Randall. Well-deserved uh, life membership, Tony. But there were more cups that kept flowing, wasn't there, in the weekend? And one that features uh, an annual event of dingo trap throwing. And, of course, it was the Olive and Sons Dingo Cup that was run on Saturday. As they travel past the 500, it's Rose at the outside and Spills at the inside. They're the joint leaders. Now Cosy Kenken and Cass Evans are starting to make their moves. Then came Mighty Meerkat, Neptune's Wink and Husson shouters last of all. They travel towards the bend now and they've got about 3.50 to go. Rose Air and Spills are being joined by Cass Evans. Cosy Kenken is out wider. They're followed by Mighty Meerkat and Neptune's Wink. They straighten up. They come down past the 200. It's Rose Air and Cass Evans. Cosy Kenken the outside. Cass Evans got the rose there, trying hard as the outside, Cosy Cancan. It's Cass Evance in front, close to home, and Cass Evance won the money, beat Rose there. Third, Cosy Cancan, then Hudson Shout and Neptune's Wink. Spills up, Mighty Meerkat last. Now, I've got to apologise. That was race five. That was Cass Evance for Emma Bell and Bill Trimble taking out the benchmark 45, beating Rose there and Cosy Can. Wasn't the Dingo Cup, Tony? Race four was the Dingo <laughs> Cup, the Yes and Oliver and Sons Dingo Cup. So, Scotty Power, lovely to hear your uh, dulcet tones there calling Cassavans for uh, Emma and Bill, but it wasn't the race that we wanted to play. Carino taking out the Dingo Cup on the weekend. Good morning. Hang on, here he is. Yeah, here he is. I've got him. Morning, Scott. Hey, good morning, fellas. How are you? Good morning, Scotty. Hey, uh... The ladies doing a great job again on the day there with the, the four winners. And, of course, uh, we heard that exciting call of Cassavance, Emma Bell. She's in riding in tremendous form. And, uh, of course, Billy Trimble just down the road at your town, hometown of Bluff, getting that win. But the Dingo Cup, uh, Glenda Bell and Alicia Ross. Now, Carino, uh, this came from Clinton Taylor. Is that a permanent swap, Scotty? You'll know with the inside connections to the Glenda Bell stable. But Carino uh, got up at some decent odds and very impressive over Rocky Part and Molly Go Lightly. Yeah, Carino now actually owned by Glenda Bell and also her cousin Lindy Keel. Uh, Lindy does the cloak of the course job for us up at Emerald. Uh, they share in the ownership and they've only just recently taken Carino on off Clint Taylor. And uh, Clint has, um, uh, you know got Glenda to, to purchase a couple of other horses previously, you know, which he which he thought would suit out this way, and, and Carino is one, and that was a very, very good win, because I uh, had the run of the race, uh, Alicia Roth rode it to a nicety, 
uh, was back in third spot and travelled sweetly behind that leader, Molly Go Lightly, in the early part. Rocky Fowles sat on its outside, and then, yeah, Carino handled the dirt track to perfection. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Glenda does it back Carino up this weekend. But, yeah, no, very good winter, Carino. Um, trained by Glenda Bell, ridden by Alicia Ross, defeating Rocky Pope for Talia Fenlon and Freddie Smith. And Molly Go Lightly, a newcomer of the Toddy Austin stable, and Bill Richardson wound up in third spot. But, yeah, no, a very good win, that, to Carino. There'd be more wins in store there. And now let's have a listen to what happened in the Dingo Cup on the weekend. They're followed by Get Out of My Nay and Massey Whisper is back last of all. They travel towards the bend. They've got about 2.50 to go. Here's a bit of a go straightening up. It's Molly Go Lightly, three quarters in front. Carino peels off the outside now to come after them. They're followed by Rocky Poet. Carino broke clear inside the 100. Rocky Poet fries hard, but Carino's too good. Carino wins the Dingo Cup by three lengths to Rocky Poet. Third Molly Go Lightly, then Get Out of My Nay and Massey Whisper last of all. And that was a bit of a win, Rob. Carino there in the Dingo Cup. Definitely a clear-cut win. And the other connection, Scott, of course, is that uh, Alicia Ross, who's um, been, of course, riding in the Central West and riding in career-best form, I feel, uh, now connected to the Clinton-Taylor stable. So that connection uh, indirectly getting the win uh, via Glenda. But, Scott, you go to race one on the program and Kevin Miller has an amazing strike rate and his combination here with Talia Fenlon on Zanardo... Look at this thing. It won by 10.5 lengths at odds-on favourite over Bungaree Lad and Rusky. But what I was impressed with is the time as well. It beat the uh, Class B and the benchmark 60 times on the day. This could be a case this is a horse to really follow out of this maiden at Dingo. It certainly will, Robbie, but you'll be surprised where it's going to have its next start. I'll go into that very shortly. But Zanato's um, had a few issues over its time since it's, um, you know, it hadn't raced mm-hmm. as a five-year-old. Um, on Saturday, it races a five-year-old boy as a Riz. And um, Kevin Miller has just persevered. His trial form was very, very good. You know, you go back to his trial yep. form and, and you think they would have had a, a, a lot stronger race than that. But it has had some problems in Nardo. Um, he thought he'd travel out to the country just to get it used to a bit of travel and try to settle the horse down. Uh, Talia Fenner's done a lot of hard work with the horse, but I jumped, you know, it had good support, obviously. Uh, all the people would have seen the trials in Rockhampton and, and seen what it was up against. And uh, gee, it travelled sweetly towards the bend and um, Talia Fenlon had it travelling beautifully in front. Uh, gave it a dig in the ribs when they straightened up and gee, it quickly put pay to them and just raced away and uh, it won by 10 and a quarter lengths. So I, I was very impressed. I haven't seen a horse uh, win that impressively out this way for I don't know how long. And Bungarabi Lad for Liam Burstley and Tash Chambers finished in sec- second spot. Rusky uh, for Billy Melbourne and Amabel winding up in third spot. You know, a very, very impressive win to Zanardo. I spoke to Kevy yesterday. Um, I sent the call through to him actually off my phone and um, just to, so they could add to the video. And um, he told me that it's possibly going to have its next start at Twin Hills in a Class B. And, and that's a famous famous meeting in itself, uh, Scotty, and I'm quite sure the odds are going to be very short at Twin Hills after that win. It will be, but just keep an eye on it. You know, after it goes for a break and comes back, it'll be mm. certainly lining up for a Class 1 at the Provincials at Rockhampton, Mackay or some of those places. But I was very, very impressed. Um, yeah, it's troll. it did troll very well leading into it. And obviously the support was there and they got some skinny odds, but geez, they, they whacked into it, mate. And when you consider the time factor, because the next horse that won on the program, Begin, it's a dawn approach. Now, it's had uh, two wins prior and six minor placings out of 24. So it's no, no slouch, but good to see Kim McGovern and Shane McGovern back on the circuit with this winner. Yeah, no, Begin was a very good win. Uh, Shane McGovern rode it to perfection, sat off the speed, which was set, 
chimed in before the corner. It's only about a 250 metre straight at Bingo, but the Gim was travelling in into the race. Uh, looked the winner when they straightened up and it won accordingly. Defeated Bonnie Treasure, Bonnie's Treasure, who tried hard and uh, more than charged for Trevor Williams. Uh, wound up in third spot, but yeah, a length by two and a half the margins. Yeah, begin for Shane and Kim McGovern, defeating Bonnie's Treasure for Talia Fenwell and Kevin Miller, and more than charged Alicia Ross and Trevor Williams winding up in third spot. Uh, yeah, the time was um, yeah a, a, fair, a fair bit out. It's about it's a bit over a second, so you'd say um, six lengths. So on that form, on that time, you'd say begin would have run second in that maiden. So yeah, no, there's a little bit to take out of that first winner. Let me tell you that. Yeah, and when you go to the benchmark 60, the time there, 52.91. I know times don't mean everything, particularly on country tracks with manual timing, but compare it to 52.86 and Wall Street Tycoon gets up for the first run for Toddy Ostrin and uh, Brooke Richardson, but again, it gives that form line to Zanato. It sure does, mate. And Wall Street Tycoon, I spoke to Toddy after the race and he said he's had a few problems with this horse and he's had it for nearly 12 months and hadn't, uh, you know, hadn't got a start out of the horse, but... Uh, he had a bit, in a bit of an opinion of it. It raced in a lot stronger company when it was down south. I think it was trained by Kelly Schweeter before Toddy got the horse. But, yeah, Brooke Richardson bounced it out, got straight to the front, was never headed and run away to win by three lengths in the end. Uh, Mashani Rebel did well. Run, run home in the second spot for Alicia Ross and Johnny Manzeman. And Exocet Rocket, with the big weight, and Talia Fenlon and Kevin Miller combining uh, for third. But, yeah, when you see the speed in that race, uh, Wall Street Tycoon was able to, to lead and dominate. But then you see what the maiden ran and, and, you know, would have been competitive in that type of race. So, yeah, a lot of upside to Zanato, mate, the winner of the maiden. And great to see those three names, uh, Brooke Richardson, Alicia Ross, Amabel. They continually support our Central West area and all girls riding in great form, um, Scotty. And uh, I'm sure you would have been impressed with what you saw on the weekend uh, from all those jockeys. Oh, absolutely. And when you see, uh, you know, I think we had the three male riders and the six females and... Um, you know, the girls sort of certainly um, had the better of the jockeys' rooms on the weekend, mate. They ended up with the big one, and, and the gents were out where they normally have the female one. So, <laughs> yeah, Emma Bell combined with Billy Trimble in the last with Cass Advance, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, its its run was very good in Moorambar before that, so the four line stood up. Rosaire tried hard for Talia Finland and Glenda Bell in second spot, and Cozzy Can Can for Jason Nissen and Tony Schofield winding up in third. A terrific day down there at Dingo. Over 3,700 through the gate. Um, I don't think I've seen a day like it. Uh, the Dingo trap trying competition was after the uh, racing uh, took place. The females, um, uh, Tiffany uh, Callanan with 24 metres, finished in third spot. Chelsea Olive, Tiffany's mum, in second spot with 27 metres. And 10-year-old of Chelsea's sister-in-law, 27.4, taking out the female version of the Dingo trap trying competition for 2021. I think there was a similar result back in 2019. And in the males... Um, in third spot was Riley McKenzie celebrating his birthday with 34 metres. Matt Clark threw 38 metres and Matty Dunn chimed in to take the event again with a throw of 42 metres in the World Dingo Truck Throwing Competition down there on the weekend. Yeah, the crowds, the campers, um, the vans were there lined up for days beforehand and, um, you know, people lining up in the gate all day and I, I just um, can't get my head around it like seeing the crowd like that, with, particularly with the year of difference we've had last year and then, you know, things are starting to come a little bit better for us in Queensland and, and also we're very lucky in Queensland to be able to do what we can do at the moment. Uh, we just hope that that other thing stays over the border down to New South Wales. Very much so. Uh, I was uh, very impressed uh, seeing the, the size of the big crowd and the footage that I was watching uh, with the uh, the coverage on uh, on the bit on the weekend, uh, Scott, and especially the uh, the multicoloured shade sails that are out there in the enclosure uh, in the last 100 metres or so. It just looks spectacular there at Dingo for a club that only races once a year. 
Yeah, and a lot of um, a lot of volunteer work down there, Tone, and um, you know, there's smaller clubs, and you know, you, you just got to rely on them people to give you that bit of a hand, and and they certainly did a good good sponsorship. They've got a good hard working committee down there, uh, Jeff and Sue Olive and Leanne Olive. Um, uh, Jeff, the president, he's um, done a great job down there, and it sort of just came ahead in leaps and bounds. And um, you know, you go back a few years now, um, about ten years ago, I think Jimmy Barnes, uh, you know, he had that. Um, concert he had down there at Dingo and I think the crowd this year was bigger than then so that just tells you how far it's advancing An amazing meeting as they all are for these annual country race days, once a year meetings, Scott, where do you head to next? Mate, we've got our um, Paul Burn Memorial Race Day in Bluff this Saturday uh, they're also a once a year club and um, everything's getting in readiness out there the, the committee are doing a great job out there to try and get things ready and um, yeah we're looking forward to a great day out there uh, it's going to be a great weekend, and um, you know uh, we're just uh, recognising uh, Paul. Um, you know, unfortunately passed away in 2018, and and we're going to actually have a race in Paul's honour as well. And um, you know, the family will be there on course, and you know the friends and Paul, you know, heavily involved with racing and also rugby league in this area. And um, you know, it's great to be able to acknowledge that and and in his memory, his memories we have forever, and uh, he'll never be forgotten. And then to have that race is going to be pretty special. Uh, on the Bluff Cup day, and we've got an 1800 metre race on the program as well. So, all in all, it's looking in uh, you know readiness for a great day's racing out there at Bluff. Um, and I've got a band that's that cross band will be playing after the after the racing is over as well. So, just having a look, the uh, the noms are just starting to filter through. I think they're going to extend them on a couple of the races by the looks of things. Uh, Bluff Cup at this stage with six: Delius, Dixie Preacher, Jeff Roy, Malvagio, Patrick's me mate. And uh, Rin Viata are the six that are nominated so far, but I think they'll probably extend noms on that one. Yes, just uh, just hope, hoping that sort of we get the, you know get a few of the, um, the the city trainers come out from Rocky as well. They might bring a couple out, and you know the support uh, from everyone is going to be greatly appreciated. Good on you, Scotty. Thank you for joining us this morning, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, catching up with you next week on the show when you report in on what happened at the uh, Bluff Blackwater Amateurs on the weekend for Bluff Cup Day. Hey, thanks, boys. Uh, good morning to you, Tone. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, everyone. Rob, along with the uh, the Bluff Cup meeting this coming weekend, I mentioned before it's Camerwell Cup Day on Saturday. Of course, that program has been transferred to the Mount Isa Jockey Club. Wombo Cup Day at Warra. There's also racing at Junder on the weekend. That's the replacement meeting for uh, Batuta, which has been uh, dropped from the circuit uh, due to the amendments that we had coming out that the Simpson Desert Racing Carnival Batuta Birdsville Baduri has been cancelled this year. So Junda race this coming weekend along with that Camarillo Cup program at Mount Isa, Bluff and Warra. We mentioned the Cairns Jockey Club with their Cup, Daintree, Guineas and the Lightning. And this all follows on, of course, from the tap program today at Dolby and tap racing on Thursday at Mackay. And, of course, we had more Cups that continued to runneth over on the weekend. And we got the Ben Bolt Cup coming up, Tony. Let's see if I can just uh, dial that in. We're doing things on the fly here this morning. T- <laughs> Tony Wobe with the call here at Bowen from Saturday. As they race up to the 600 metres, Striker Bow gets away, leads two and a half to power left in third place and making ground is Springthorpe from Senefia. Then came Nyab, well back on us, Natalie, and as you would, Striker Bow comes down to the turn. He's about four in front when they straighten up with 300 to go. Powerlifters running second, Springthorpe the outside. They've got away from Senefia and further back to Nyab on us, Natalie, making ground. It's Striker Bow, 200 to go, still three in front, Springthorpe, power left, and then came on. 
Honest Natalie. It's uh, going well. Striker Bow still two in front. Honest Natalie's making good ground, but Striker Bow's going to get the money. Striker Bow by two lengths to Honest Natalie. Third Springthorpe, then came Powerlift, followed well back by Senefier as you Ben Bolt Cup and Bowen on Saturday. Striker Bow saluting there, Rob, for Nari Nelson and trainer Bonnie Thompson. Yeah, I think Bonnie's out of the saddle at the moment, Tony. So great to see her get that win as a trainer. I'm unsure uh, whether it's her first cup win, but it was the Ben Bolt Cup uh, win that she's taken after provincial placings at its last four for Striker Bow and getting up as favourite, the five-year-old by Brazen Bow. As we heard, of course, great calling as always from uh, Tony Wode. It was also good to see young Adam Sewell. He's continuing to get plenty of winners on the provincial circuit, but venturing up to Bowen on their day there. He kicked home Norwegian Wood for Chris Parry, the Your Song. Another one coming off provincial form. In fact, the day was pretty well dominated by some favourites, and this was another one, defeating Chick Sox and Zeblin. Ticket to India. Ray Tapiolas. Good on you, Ray. You got a winner there on the day with the maiden, uh, with Geoffrey Felix on board after his uh, all-conquering efforts at Prairie last weekend for Geoffrey. This ticket six-year-old defeating Chatillion off the charts in the maiden plate over the 1100 and he's first up since March so good training effort Ray Tapiolas with ticket to India and Joshua Manselman with Alicia Donald combined with Bold Zip um, it's uh, had run third at its only other two runs for the stable another spirit of boom getting up over an erratic Cheyenne Beach. I remember watching this race and Marvellous Heart into third place and um, that runner-up, it was fairly erratic and probably should have finished a lot closer if not one, but Bold Zip on the day, uh, too strong for the Joshua Manselman stable. And Tracy Simmons and David Simmons, the husband and wife team, combining with Fratellino, another favourite coming off provincial form, defeating High Zero and Mason's Chance in a uh, open handicap that had a bit of uh, form there with Mason's Chance running third, just over uh, three quarters of length away from Fratellino. But the Cup, Striker Bow, Nari Nelson and Bonnie Thompson. Out at Mount Isa, there was a lot of interest in the race four on the program there, the Thanks Carver Group open plate, because Fab's Cowboy was going for win number 46. But he was upstaged by loud enough Stephen Royce and Dan Ballard, one of the double part of the double for both of these gents on the day but loud enough when you look at this uh, horse he was unplaced at Townsley's last three but he was second in the McKinley Cup behind Sicilating prior to that he's always a grand performer and he was just too strong in the day for Fab's Cowboy who uh, was not disgraced in finishing second fought on like a cage lion but he got beaten two and a half lengths and loud enough uh, got the honours on the day with Warren Bungle into third place um, I mentioned that Dan had a double it com uh, the first of that came with Tanya Parry with Craigley Altona, the Citywise. Two wins and a placing its last five. Defeated Danks Haven and Cash Bundle. And for Stephen Roy's, it was race to race double when Loud Enough won the um, Open. He then combined with Jason Hoopert with Full of Fire, the I Am Invincible six-year-old that had been unplaced at Townsville recently. Defeated Cato and Cacto Blasters into uh, third place. Um, even though Billy Johnson didn't get the win with Fab's Cowboy in the race prior to that, he's a maiden winner, or benchmark 50 handicap winner, I should say. Kiretsu with Dakota Graham on the comeback trial was a very convincing winner by eight lengths at big odds over the decorator and Immutable. And Jay Morris combined with Rick McMahon uh, with the Saunders family, Agalapa Hibia, 
Uh, it was a second up run for the stable. It had finished sixth here on the TAB day recently. Uh, going up in journey, it was too strong in the end, getting up over Tank Attack and Torosumi. But Dan Ballard, Stephen Royce, the doubles on the day, and loud enough, a little too strong on the day for Fab's Cowboy, but I'm sure we're going to see the Cowboy bounce back very shortly at another race meeting as it chases down the Australian record, hopefully for the most number of wins, Tony. Now, I did see something on that. Uh, Steve Hewlett has been uh, focusing on that for a little while, <laughs> and he was in yep. touch with the, uh, the turf teaser and uh, trivia expert in Mark Oberhardt. And I think between them, they've managed to uncover uh, a particular runner that does have a, uh, a very impressive record at the moment. But you think I can think of its name off the top of my head? Yeah, it's, was it back in the 1960s or 70s I saw this? Because when I wrote an article about this, I was a little bit unsure of the, of the statistics. And I had uh, someone mention on social media, I thought there's another horse, but all I could find was uh, that particular one that had the 51 wins I think it was I haven't got that in front of me at the moment but yeah I did see that and Mark Oberart was the man I thought well that's where you'd go to next to try and really get the definite answer oh yeah yeah Passion Moon raced in the 1950s 113 and a half wins oh <laughs> if you don't mind holds the Australian and Queensland record for the most race wins had his first start as a two-year-old on April 11 1955 at Eagle Farm and his last start 14 years later at Atherton, March 15, 1969. His first win was in August uh, 1956 at Durban. His last win was at Atherton in February of 1969. And besides 113 and a half wins, he had 69 seconds and 40 thirds. He won 27 uh, and a dead heat at Cairns. 35 races he won at Atherton. 31 at Mariba. 13 at Innisfail. Also picked up a race at uh, Gordonvale, Herberton, uh, Durban, Gold Coast, Gatton and Bow Desert. Well, based you, on Steve. that, Fab, Fabs doesn't need to chase that record down, Tony. <laughs> well, he stand now stands at 112 starts, not 113 wins, 112 starts for 45 wins, mm. 20 placings, uh, 20 seconds and six thirds. So he's got a bit to go, but yeah, that's going to be a record that I don't think you'll ever see broken. Passion Moon back to the 1950s racing from 1955 through to 1969. But Fabs can be very proud of the record he's oh, got. Yes. He'll be somewhere there in those honour books um, as people look back in history. And we had one other cup meeting on the weekend, the Nolan's Gimpy Muster Cup, the open handicap over 1470, and another All-American doing well on the track. And this is a training combination I wasn't aware of, based at the Sunshine Coast, I believe, Adam Simpson and Dallas Uran, uh, with Crockett having its first start on the track, uh, which is something a little bit unusual with the, uh, the sand tracks. It's often horses for courses, but Jake Malloy with the three kilo claim carried 53 and a half defeated Jock, Jockberg and Devillian for Pat Duff, um, and it was a strong win in the end after watching that. It only got up very in, in a tight photo, uh, but uh, having its first start in the track, I thought that's pretty impressive to do that in the Gimpy Muster Cup, so congratulations to Adam Simpson and Dallas Uran with a Crockett and Jake, young Jake Malloy, and the Honours evenly shared across the board, or Jake did have a double on the day. He combined also with Tim Hurley on Rebel Cause, the Nakoni, uh, taking the cutest maiden plate over Marmion. And that name rings a bell from about the 60s too, I think. And Prince of Diamonds in for third. Louise Dillon combined with Brendan Butts with Fab's Flyer, the Falvalon that took the Class B. It had been third here. It's two runs back. Uh, defeated Daunting Princess and Frisco's Image. Another brazen bow, I reported on one earlier in the day, but uh, this one, Dulcie, uh, took the benchmark 65, the first run at the track for this galloper too. Fourth win in 21 over Accumulated and Vice Man, and that was Daryl Gardner combining with Rebecca 
uh, Wilson. But I must note also that it's had five runs on sand tracks now for four wins in a second. So Darrell's placed that particular uh, mare uh, in uh, great company there and Dulcie a strong winner. And the other winner on the day for Bob Murray out of Eidsville with Shannon Steffen with My Certain being in the placings, two of its last four for the Poet's Voice, defeated Fearless Queen for Pat Duff. Pat, unfortunately, he couldn't get the winner on the day with the Muster Cup. He got another second there with Fearless Queen and Tara DiBascio for Rod Hilton and Brendan Newport. But all honours for Crockett. First up on the track, Gimby Muster Cup for 2021. And Rob, that was the last leg of the uh, 2021 Racing Queensland Star of the Sand Cups point series. We've ended up with a tie at the end of the uh, three-leg series. We started off at Bundaberg, Cup Day there on the 24th of July. Wrecking Ball beat Mr Tickets and Marata. Marata took out the Gladstone Cup on August 14, defeating Thorburn and Wrecking Ball. Marata wasn't able to get the job done, unfortunately, for connections there on Saturday. The Gimby Muster Cup going to Crockett ahead of Jockberg and DeVillain, as we mentioned. So the points tally has ended up with uh, Wrecking Ball and Marata four points apiece, Crockett on three, Mr Tickets, Thorburn and Jockberg two points each, and DeVillain on one. Now, according to the uh, terms and conditions, as they say, conditions apply. In the event of a dead heat, points will be combined and evenly distributed between the dead heaters. That's if there was a dead heat in any of the races. But in the event of a tie for total points accrued in the series, the winner will be determined on a countback based on the number of wins, seconds and thirds. So, wrecking ball, one win, one third. Maratta, one win, one third. If a tie still remains after a countback, the winner will be decided by lot. And uh, that's going to happen. The uh, series uh, doesn't culminate in the final, but there is a $10,000 Cutis X sales voucher for the managing owner of the horse that accrues the most points. So that will now go to a lot, and it will either be the connections of Wrecking Ball or Marata that will end up winning that prize. And, well, what's the, when's the deadline or outcome of that, Tony? I don't know. It just, it just says to be decided by lots. I haven't uh, had that Does advice Does that mean a through. toss of the coin or...? <laughs> well, names in a hat. It's just going to be a very small hat. There's only two names in it. <laughs> Oh, good luck connections of both. That's what you want to see with the series, isn't it? Coming right down to the wire yeah. and then going to the countback to the countback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when the, in the event of a countback, if a tie still remains, well, then it's going to be decided by a lot. So the voucher is I'm not being split. I'm just glad you're the keeper of the series, Tony. I'm just <laughs> glad it was only a three-leg series as opposed to trying to keep track of some of these other ones. They just about do you in the, some of those other ones along the way. But, yeah, great to be able to add that little bit of extra interest. And hopefully there's more of those sort of ones like that uh, Star of the Sand Cups point series because it does keep that little bit of interest ticking along. And I guess uh, when we talk about ticking along, now that we're uh, deep into August, it's not that far away to September. It'll be the first legs of the uh, Racing Queensland Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede that will start off on the 24th of September. Yeah, and you went through that in detail last week, all available in the new race calendar magazine and easily read with the colour combinations, which was great to see. But uh, we're off to Junda this weekend, Tony, for that race meeting that replaces Batuta uh, prior to the big TAB meeting at Barcaldon the following week. So we'll be back next week for Bushbeat uh, to report on any country racing news. And uh, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. We've been all over the, uh, the state this weekend with all those uh, great stories coming through and again congratulations and and good work johnny rudd uh with his efforts in uh, that race coming out of roma on the weekend tony good luck to all the clubs racing this coming weekend and we will catch you next week on the show yeah good morning to you good morning uh listeners thank you to uh, john rudd scott power and rob luck for joining us this week good luck to the clubs racing this weekend bluff mount isawara and jundra and we're back to do it all again next week on radio tab once again with bushbeat